Good morning, ICF Rome. This is Pastor Jennifer from Rome, Thursday Connect, live, completely live, looking and waiting for some of you to jump on, join me in our Thursday Connect online. Tell me who you are, type in and say, hey, it's me and I'm, I'm watching and with you. I'm so happy to see you all today. The Lord. Hi, Barb. You're up early. Thank you. Hi, Magnifique. I'm so glad to see you. God is so faithful. I am so thankful for health and vitality. And today is a good day. Here in Rome, it's raining and um, it's good. I feel like it's washing away things and watering some plants outside and uh, the the world in Rome seems like it's starting to come back to life. So maybe you might type in the chat, uh, what did you do, what have you done outside of your house in the last couple days if you're in Rome? Um, even in America, I know we have friends from America watching, so much has been locked down, uh, unable to, to interact, but Type in the chat so we can have some interaction this morning. What have you done to go outside in the last couple days? Have you just been around your house? Have you been able to go to the grocery store? Have you been able to go shopping? I haven't been able to go shopping yet. I haven't been able to go to the hair salon in three months. So this is what we're getting. Um, Thankfully, I had a friend in California when we were there for Jessica's baby who helped me just a little bit, but um, I can't wait until my self-quarantine is over and uh, I have an appointment in the next couple weeks to go back to the salon. Woohoo! Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So Barb has been to the grocery store. That's great. Uh, who knew that the grocery store could be so exciting? So wonderful, in spite of masks and gloves and um, lines, but we have a lot to be thankful for. And today is just awesome. So I also want to hear from you, um, if you're just signing on, what have you done outside of your house in the last couple days? If you want to, I got my coffee and my water, Miss J. Um, so this is like you and me having coffee. Barb is my dear friend and the mother of a beautiful couple and family that we married 23 years ago. I think it was last weekend they celebrated. And just so beautiful to be reconnecting with all of you. A little extra dose of caffeine on this rainy, rainy realm morning. Magnifique, you've been planting vegetables. Uh, yes, tomatoes, they're already ready. Awesome. I love garden tomatoes and the eggplants. You are, you are an amazing woman. Okay. Audrey went for a walk on the farm and she has a beautiful area by the river. Hi, Esther. Buongiorno. I heard you were helping in many ways in the past couple weeks. Thank you. And so glad that you've been able to be a part and join because when we were working, we weren't always able to make these connections. So if you're just signing on, I'm asking you, this is our table talk. This is our coffee and table talk. So what have you done outside of your house in the last two or three days? I haven't done much. We're on self-quarantine for 14 days and 
But I am so excited because tonight we are having a leaders Zoom meeting and we're going to be planning for the opening service of ICF Rome June 21. And um, so that's going to be exciting. We're getting all the safety protocols in place and we're going to be there on June 21. I'm going to be taking pictures. It's going to be amazing. And we've had so many who've already suggested and willing to help. Hi, Dorcas. I'm glad you guys are able to join online. Um, just thank you all for your prayer support during this time as we've prayed for one another. As we start this morning, and just making sure I have all my people, amen. Um, my, let me just also send to my Thursday Connect. Some of them are still joining online now, girls. <laughs> um, I also sent some things that the Lord has put on my heart for this week and this time that's going on in our world. This month, we are focusing on faith moves our health. And so as I've been praying, I felt like the Lord started giving me one night when I couldn't sleep, jet lag was kicking in and uh, Lord, I pray this and I pray this. And ultimately the Lord gave me 30 prayers for healing. And so today, this morning, uh, this afternoon, wherever you are, are writing from, I want you to get your Bible and you can get it. I'm going to have mine on my phone and I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, it's right there. Can you see it? Uh, I feel like I got a glare. Yeah, I got a glare. Well, it's there. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm reading out of the NIV. We know 1 Corinthians 13 as the love chapter. And our world needs love. Those of us who have been affected by COVID-19, quarantines, restrictions, lockdowns, change of life, change of work, change of school. We need the love of Father God. Um, and love is not a last resort. It's a first resort. God's love is a first resort for all of us. For me, I need it. I need to run to my father on a daily basis and say, Daddy, Abba, I need, your, I need you to wrap your arms around me today. I need you to remind me that all is well. And so as we look at 1 Corinthians 13, and we start to kind of talk about things, if you have, hi, Nana, hi, Boriana, um, I want you to help me with 1 Corinthians 13. The first verse is so powerful. Because it says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You know, right now in our world, men, men and women, mankind, womankind, humankind, we are speaking in the tongues of mankind and we are hearing a lot of things. But here, God's word says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels or of my heavenly father or of my heavenly language, but I don't have love in what I'm saying, I'm only a resounding gong 
or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I do have faith that can move a mountain, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and to those who are hurting and have less than me and give over my body to the hardships so that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Amen. So what is love? Verse four, love is patient. Love is patient with someone who doesn't understand my point of view, who doesn't understand the pain in my life, who doesn't understand my circumstance. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's gentle with its words. It may be firm, it may be strong, but it can also be kind. It does not envy. You know, I've said often around our table that comparison is a tool of the enemy. When we envy and compare what someone else has, what another people group has, that is not a good thing. Love does not envy and compare. It does not boast. Oh, this is what I've done. It's not proud. The Bible says often if we humble ourselves and pray, we'll hear from heaven. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrongs. I see a little bit of a delay. I hope you're not having that delay uh, as you're watching. Verse five, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. What, Pastor Jim? Surely we're gonna know if someone wronged us. You know what? forgive and release. It doesn't mean that I won't remember because sometimes I remember and the pain of the past hurts, but I can't deal with victory in the present if I'm dwelling on the past. I must deal with what's going on in the present so that I can have love grow. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Now, truth can be painful. Truth can be difficult to handle, but love can rejoice in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Verse eight, love never fails. I've written these prayers for healing and I've called it 30 days of prayers for healing, love never fails. And I have sent them to some of you um, and I will send them to more. If you want to, you can message me or send me your email and I will send them to you. Verse eight, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, people talking, they will be stilled, stilled. It'll be still, it'll be stopped. Where there is knowledge, sometimes that knowledge will pass away, it says in the Bible. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a grown-up, when I became adult, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. 
Now I only know in part because I'm not God. But then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, to type in the chat, um, how does God's love change your perspective? How does God's love change our perspective? For me, God's love changes my perspective because I try to not see people as I see them, but to imagine that the Bible said we were all created in the image of God. So for someone who is in crisis because of COVID-19 and they are stressed and anxious and they have a completely different set of circumstances than I or you might have, we have to be careful that we don't minimize someone else's suffering or someone else's pain. Those feelings are real. They are experiencing what they're experiencing. But what we can do is to come alongside and bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's how faith moves our health. In our verses for the month, we talk about how we confess our sins to one another and God will forgive us and he will heal us and how that nevertheless, no matter what is going on, God is going to heal and he's going to give abundant peace and security. Now you might say, Pastor Jen, let me just look here if you're answering some of these things. Thank you, Eunicia. Hi, how does God's love change our perspective? Thank you, Courtney. Good morning. God's love makes me more compassionate. It reminds me, if I listen, to be more compassionate for someone else. How does God's love change your perspective? Type it in the chat. This is our roundtable today. Having coffee. This is my water. I've always said I love Thursdays because we're kind of over the hump of the midweek. We can say, Lord, wow, we've got a lot accomplished. We got some reporting done yesterday that needed to be done. We're getting our house tidied up after being locked up and closed up for three months. We're letting the air in. Not today. It's raining outside. But God's love changes my perspective because I know that wherever I am, he loves me. I know that wherever you are, he loves you. So <clears throat> I want you... Also, if you would, let me see here, to look at, if you have a, on your Bible, on your phone, I also want to read 1 Corinthians 13 in the message. I love to look at different versions because it puts it in more practical terminology. When I was going through a very, very dark time many years ago and didn't know how God was going to bring healing to our family, um, I read the message and it just made me feel like God understood my feelings. Like he totally got what I was feeling. So God's love changes our perspective. The message in, in 1 Corinthians 13 says this. <clears throat> if I give everything, oh, wait, sorry. If I speak with human eloquence, so the tongues of men, if I speak with human eloquence or angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. I don't want to be a rusty gate. 
If I speak God's word with power, revealing all its mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have faith that says to the mountain, jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, then I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt. Imagine that. I'm bankrupt without love. But if I have the love of God, my bank is full. The deposits from heaven of that love. You know, sometimes I think the enemy, right now especially, is trying to rip off God's people and say prayer is not enough. God's love is not enough. You have to have all these human words and all these human actions, whether it's COVID-19 or the chaos of the world, the terrible racial injustice and the terrible killing of George Floyd and others. There's terrible things in this world. But don't let the enemy steal what is most valuable to the child of God, the love of God, the ability to pray and intercede when you can't do everything, but you can touch the heavens for someone else, even someone you don't know. I don't want to be bankrupt without the love of God. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. That's why we're willing, so many of us, to say, I want to examine my thoughts and the way I think about things. And if I've offended anybody, I want them to know I'm sorry and to forgive me and to help me to understand that perspective. But love cares more for that. God's love. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love does not, God's love does not compare. That's a hard one for all of us, but God wants us to be thankful right where we are because you're unique. He knows exactly the people that you're going to influence. He knows how you're going to influence. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Nana, God's love makes me think through things like he does before I act. Amen. I'm just looking down here on these sides. Yes, we're more than conquerors, Boreana. Yes, amen. We're in 1 Corinthians 13 in the message. And you'll just have to scroll down. I think I'm around verse 7. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't walk what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. In other words, not proud. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. We have to let others come to God also. We have to not force itself on others. It isn't always me first. My will, my way, my feelings. That's not God's love. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. That's what the enemy wants us to do. Keep score of the sins of the past. God says, I want you to let go and learn and change on a daily basis. That's what it means when we stay on the potter's wheel so that we don't become bitter. We don't become angry. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Isn't that a beautiful image that truth flowers, it blooms? So when truth first starts to come, it's like a little bud and it feels like it might not have very much influence or very much fragrance. And if you're not careful, the enemy will cause you to just to say, oh, that's not enough truth. It doesn't mean anything. But that bloom is flowering. And as it's nurtured and loved according to God's love, 
that bloom will begin to open and more blooms will come and more influence will come and love will change our world. I believe it, the love of God. I wouldn't be in the ministry. I wouldn't be here in Italy if I did not believe that the love of God could change literally nations. I believe it. And so, yes, amen. Thank you. Verse eight, love never dies. Uh, wait, verse at the end of verse seven, it says it puts up with anything. Trust God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We only know a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, when Jesus comes, our incompletes will be canceled. This is in the message. Don't you love that? This is verses, uh, probably like verse 10. We know only a portion of the truth, but when the complete arrives, our incomplete will be canceled. Type that in the chat. When complete, capitals, all capitals, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he's complete. When the complete arrives, my incomplete is canceled. Wow, I love that. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like an infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We don't see things clearly yet. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. I know that's what it feels like sometimes with COVID-19 and the chaos of violence and anger and um, disrespect and injustice that rages on. But here's what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians 13, it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright and we'll see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees us, knowing directly as he knows us. So for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us to consummation. Trust steadily in God, faith. Hope unswervingly, hope. Love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. Isn't that beautiful? When complete arrives, my incomplete is canceled. I will trust steadily. I will hope unswervingly. And I will love extravagantly. You see, this world is not my home. There's a song, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. And the enemy would like us to think that we've got to make this world like heaven, it's gotta be perfect and you know everything has to be equal and we want that and we strive for that. But there's a reason why we feel incomplete now because as God's children, there's that vacancy that will not be filled until we get to heaven. This week, we mourn with our dear sister Brave who lost her husband and we've had a prayer service and on Saturday, we will have a Zoom memorial service for our ICF Rome family to join with her through our Zoom to honor the memory of Victor and his perseverance because today Victor is with the Lord and he has the ultimate victory. His incomplete has been canceled and he's complete in Christ Jesus. But that's the goal. And I don't ever wanna be so satisfied here that I don't want heaven. I want heaven, I want to live in the abundant life of Christ and to be a witness so that 
when I'm standing in line to get into the pearly gates, I want to see you and you and you and you and I want to give us some high fives. We'll be able to give hugs and say, you made it. I made it. Woo-hoo! We made it. That's what heaven is going to be like. And then we're going to walk in and see the glory of Jesus in all of his splendor. It will be radiating with color and vibrancy and brilliance. There will be no tears. There will be no sickness. There will be no sadness. That's what we pray for. But in the meantime, yes, God's word has given us the words and the guidance so that we can have faith that would move our health. On Sunday, I said that health is not just the absence of sickness, but it is a total well-being of body, mind, soul and spirit. So I've learned that even in time of sickness, I actually have a hip bone in my neck from a broken neck that I had many years ago. And I couldn't lift an empty laundry basket for four months. I've learned watching my husband, not knowing if that tumor was going to take his life for over a year sickness and disease and just him laying in bed listening to Psalm 91 over and over. But I've learned that even in the midst of sick diagnosis, disease or issue, my spirit man could still be healthy. My mental thoughts could still have health and vibrancy. And I know that there have been some of you that are watching with me that when God was working in your life, thank you for all your comments, when when God was moving and you were sick, you were in a hospital bed and I came to visit you and I saw a peace and a countenance on your face. That's showing that faith moves our health and prayer moves our faith and love moves our prayer. I don't know if I can say that again. You might have to listen to this. Faith moves our health and Love moves our faith and prayer moves. It, I think I got it out of order, but you know what I mean. This is like around the table. I love you guys so much. I can't wait till we're actually meeting together. So let me look here. Is there something that's on your heart right now? I want you to type it in the chat that you're saying, Pastor Jen, I need prayer for this healing. This is what I'm praying for. Type it in the chat. I'm praying for the healing of, it could be the healing of your friends. It could be the healing of your family group. It could be the healing of your uh, financial situation. I'm praying for the healing of, because the Bible says where two or three agree as touching anything it's done. Some of you have also messaged me privately and we're able to talk about that and to pray for that. So, Let me just double check here. Okay, 30 prayers of healing. As you're typing in the chat, hi, Mary, amen. Heaven is the ultimate goal, amen, amen. What are you praying for? What is faith moving health? What healing are you praying for right now? Because we want to agree with that. You know, last night in our prayer service, Muhammad uh, joined us and he said, I love Jesus and will you pray for me? And so we said, yes, we will, Muhammad. And at the end, we, we prayed for him and he said, thank you. That's what the love of Jesus does. It says, I acknowledge that you 
need prayer. And we will pray together for that healing to happen. So we're going to take a few minutes. This is going to be a little bit different. We'll see how it goes. Um, we got 30 minutes left. So that means I have about a minute for each one of these prayers that, again, I feel the Lord gave these to me. So while I'm taking a sip of water, I want you to type in, I'm praying for the healing of I'm praying for the healing of, I'm praying for the healing of my little Juliana who broke her arm a couple days ago on her bicycle. I'm praying for the healing. She's seen a specialist today. So we're praying for no surgery, a cast, and that Juliana's arm will be healed. We're also praying for the healing of Pastor Rick's mom. She has a new diagnosis of cancer, but cancer is defeated in Jesus' name. And she is a strong woman of faith and joy and zeal for life and family. So we're praying for that. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Praying for family, praying for our children. Amen. Amen. God, we ask you to restore our children. We thank you for that, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for touching our children. So the first prayer we pray for leaders and learners, leaders and learners. So that's all of us. We should all either be a leader or a learner. And I think we can be both. I think God has made us people of influence to be leaders. We pray for leaders and learners to be full of healthy mindsets and healthy spirituality based on the principles of God's word. I don't base my life on the principles of a history book or the principles of a political party. I base my life on the principles of God's holy word. So important that we keep that perspective as we move forward as leaders and learners. Will you pray for that? God, we pray for leaders and learners to be full of God's holy word. Second thing, and when I send these out, if every, every morning, for 30 days, you could just focus on one. I've given it a list in 30, and I can send it to you if you email me. We are praying for those striving to heal the sickness of division and strife, that they would have strength and wisdom and joy for the journey. Do you know, I have seen people at ICF Rome who deal in very, very difficult countries with very dark, heavy crisis, but I have seen them in the midst of way before COVID-19, way before everything that's currently happening. I have seen them in the midst of heavy, heavy oppression and the service to others, not lose the joy for the journey. And in fact, it was their joy at conversations around a table that gave them influence to let the character of Christ come forth in people of different viewpoints. So today we pray for those striving to heal the sickness of division and strife, every one of them, on all sides of the table, all around the tables. I pray for all of them. I don't pray condemnation. I don't pray death and destruction. I pray that they would have strength and wisdom and joy for the journey. Amen. Can you type amen if you would agree with me? Amen. We're praying for the healing of family groups. We're praying for the healing of migraines. We're praying for completely healed friendships. We're praying for the healing of reflux in the name of Jesus. We're praying for Nana's mom and against fear and anxiety. Mary Mitri, yes. 
We're praying for the spiritual and physical healing of Abdu. We're praying for that, believing his healing will be complete. Amen. Hallelujah. We're praying for the healing of Julia's aunt and the mentor Reuben. Yes. Good morning. Thank you for those prayers. We're agreeing with you in prayer. So I'm on number three. We pray for those dealing with sickness of pride and arrogance. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is not prideful, it's not arrogant, it's not puffed up. But we don't pray condemnation on that person with the sickness of pride and arrogance. We pray that the healing power of a humble heart would begin to emerge in thought and deed. I pray for that. You know, I've seen leaders that don't listen. I've seen leaders that... um, you know, in this COVID-19 that, you know, people just have different viewpoints. But I pray that those dealing with the sickness of pride and arrogance, that's not a confidence in knowing what God has. That's something different. We can walk in confidence and not be arrogant. I want to say that again. You can walk in confidence and not be arrogant. Um, the confidence of God is something that says, I, I won't back down. I won't back away. I won't back up. I I press on towards the mark of the price of the high calling. I can be confident and not arrogant in Jesus' name. Thank you, Audrey, for helping with those. On day four, we pray for those dealing with the sickness of shame and identity loss, that the healing power of grace and identity in Christ would flow more freely in abundance. These are prayers of healing that the Lord gave to me. And right now I'm praying if you have a sickness of shame and identity loss. And I can tell you, people of every color, people of every demographic, people with money, people without money, women and men have experienced the sickness of shame and identity loss. And right now, Father God, I pray that the one listening, maybe he or she will be listening later, that he or she will hear you say, Father God, you're my child, I made you, I'm developing you, I'm fashioning you on my potter's wheel, I'm proud of you, son or daughter. Don't give up, don't give in, but press on. You are my child, says the Lord. And you have identity in Christ. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's hard to have that identity because you think he's a big God somewhere over there. But I want you to know my identity is in Jesus. When I got my dual citizenship and I've been married for 40 years being Jennifer Pasquale, my Italian documents have my maiden name on them, the name that's on my birth certificate, because that's how they do it here. But you know what? My identity is in who I am. So I'm Pasquale on page four of my Italian documents. But in my heart, I am Jennifer Pasquale, Pasquale, as it is in Italy. And it doesn't mean that there are times when I think, oh, I'm too old. I'm not wise enough to handle all of these circumstances. I, I need more energy. But I am wise enough to listen to God's word and to focus on God's word and to know that I am who I am. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And that identity loss is going to be healed in you. Maybe you've lost a spouse or you've lost a family member or you don't have heritage in that way. Guess what? Your identity is not in that family name. Your identity is in Christ Jesus. You still are who he made you to be. 
the DNA of who you are, Audrey, the DNA, Courtney, the DNA, Julia, of who you are. Nobody can change that. No circumstance can change that. The Bible says before you were in your mother's womb, he formed you and he had a plan for you to prosper you, give you hope and a future. That's identity. Love says, I, I am, my incomplete is canceled when I am complete in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Verse five, uh, prayer five, prayer number five. We pray for those entrapped by deception and anger and fear and bitterness, that the healing touch of Jesus would bring truth and light and love and forgiveness. We pray for those entrapped, even during this COVID-19, by deception or by anger or by fear or by bitterness that the healing touch of Jesus brings truth and light and love and forgiveness. You know, there is no politician that's done it all right all the time in all ways. There is no police officer who's always right 100% of the time. We can pray and believe that they are good men and women. I have friends that are good men and women that are in law enforcement. We can believe that there is good in every person that needs to come forth, but God will help us to have truth and light and love and forgiveness. Even in times of reform, even in times of pandemic, God will help us. Day six, we pray for the healing of six souls to find redemption through Jesus Christ. Remember I said healing and health is not just in the body. It's not just the freedom from physical sickness. When our soul is sick, we have to find redemption for our soul in Jesus Christ. Thank you for taking the time to be a part of Thursday Connect. Thank you if you've joined on Wednesday prayers or Sunday online. We will be online Sundays. You will hear the preaching of the word every Sunday at 1130. This Sunday, the worship will start at 11. The worship will start at 11 online. And then we will go live with the sermon at 1130. So if you want to be a part of that worship time, join us at 11 on Sunday. And then click back into the live preaching at 1130. Um, find redemption through Jesus Christ. If someone has wounded you in this season and they haven't been there for you like you thought they should be, don't let your soul be sick. Find the redemption in Jesus Christ. He does it all. Number seven, we pray for those who are trapped in the symptoms of sickness beyond their control that healing and freedom from despair would prevail. Right now, will you join with me? Will you say, I'm praying for those trapped in the sickness beyond their control? Whether it's cancer, whether it's um, something that they have no control over right now at the moment, God, we pray that despair would, would be removed, that we would honor the scripture, do not be dismayed, and that the peace of God and freedom from despair would prevail. Right now, if you have been suffering with something in your physical body or even in your mental body for quite some time, I want you to know God is with you. He is for you. Our brain is part of our physical body. And sometimes all the chemicals in our brain get messed up. But don't let despair take you down. Let faith and hope and love, like 1 Corinthians 13 says in the message, let it cause you to persevere in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord, that we are standing with those who have been sick, that Lord God, that they will not be overwhelmed with despair, that they will have freedom from despair, that they will know when they don't know what to pray and they don't know what decisions to do, that we as brothers and sisters in the Lord are praying for wisdom, praying for strength, praying for daily guidance. God, you're doing that. And so, Lord, help them that they will know you're still in control of every detail of their life. We pray for those, number eight, we pray for those with uncertainty and loss, that the healing virtue of God would restore health to their outlook on life and love. You know, these past three months have caused us to have a different outlook. I mean, we could throw our hands up and say, life is never going to be the same. You know what? It isn't. But that's okay. Every day is new. His mercies are new every morning. I don't need tomorrow to be like last week. I don't need Saturday to be like four Saturdays ago. Every day, his mercies are new. And so today, we pray for those who are sick with uncertainty, that they will know the healing virtue of God to restore our outlook. As God's people, as God's kids, our outlook on life is influential. And if you want to make a difference, if you want to advance in your career, be a person with a positive outlook. People are attracted to that. That positive outlook is contagious. There may be some who say you're too positive or you're not being realistic. You know what? I can trust that in the future, God will prevail, that in the future, God has always prevailed for me and he will do it again. And he's no respecter of persons, the Bible says. And so he will do it. And my positive perspective is not based on your acceptance of my positive perspective. My positive perspective is not based on your acceptance of my positive perspective. My positive perspective is based on obedience to God's word when he said, trust in me, look to the Lord, Lean not to your own ways, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I can be confident about that. Isn't that an amazing thing? Yes. Help us to remember, God, you're always in control. Number nine, we pray for families and individuals riddled with the sickness of separation and angst, worry, and anxiety, that the healing peace of God would permeate every conversation. You know, as I prayed for this one, I'm only probably going to be able to give us about 15 this morning. We pray for families riddled with the sickness of separation and turmoil. That the healing peace of God would permeate every conversation. When you feel those conversations resorting back to old ways or old habits or old thoughts, stop it and remember that I will faith. I will trust in God. I will hope unswervingly and that love never fails. You can choose in that moment to stop talking, to listen, to listen, and to say, you know what? I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for me that I will have wisdom in this family situation. If your family is riddled with separation or anxiety or turmoil, I believe God is saying to you, he's going to restore peace. He's going to restore unity. He's going to make love abound because love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13. Number 10, we pray for those who have encountered a giant of sickness 
that they would take courage in the name of our God and their prayer life would be filled with health and vitality. We pray for those riddled who've encountered a giant of sickness, whatever that sickness is, financial sickness, career sickness, You've been riddled with that, but you will take courage in the name of our God and that your prayer life, my prayer life, would be filled with health and vitality. I don't want a sick prayer life. I want a healthy, vital prayer life. So when I go to God, I'm humble. I'm trusting in his sovereignty, but I am full of hope that he is hearing me. I'm telling you, I I don't like it personally, humanly, when God heals in heaven versus here on earth. But I do love it that when that's his plan, he gives peace to the family members. He gives peace to our soul. And I can trust in God's sovereignty. And therefore, when I go to him in prayer, when whatever is happening in my life makes me sick in thought, sick in attitude, sick in, I just want to throw my hands up and say, forget about it. You might need a nap. (laughs) You might need a drink. Take a drink of water. This is water, okay? God's practical. Have you eaten lately? Have you drank water lately? Have you taken a nap if you needed it? Um, Sleep in when you can or go to bed early when you can. Take care of your physical body. But listen, let your prayer life be full of health and vitality. Amen. How do you keep your prayer life strong? How do you keep your prayer life strong? Yes, Jacqueline, Baptiste, I see those raised hands in worship. How do you keep your prayer life full of health and vitality? How do you do that? For me, one way I do that is I have a prayer chair and I have a space where when I sit there, I immediately feel the peace and the presence of the Lord. I remind myself if I've been cooped up inside so long and I can go sit out on the patio or the balcony or in some sunlight or wherever that change of sitting might take place, that I actually take a new posture. If I haven't knelt, I kneel. If I haven't stood in worship, I stand. On Sunday, when you worship with us online, I encourage you to stand up. Stand up and sing. Stand up and praise the Lord when you worship with your church online. God wants our prayer life to be filled with health and vitality. How do you keep your prayer life? You can't do it if you only pray once a month. (laughs) You can't do it if you let somebody else pray online and you don't do it throughout the week. And it, listen, I know some of us love to pray long. Some of us pray shorter in multiple increments. It's not about how long you pray. I'm saying this for you because the enemy would like to say, oh, you couldn't pray for 30 minutes, so it's not worth it. That's not true. Anybody can take five minutes. Anybody. When you're at the makeup, getting at the mirror, getting ready in the morning or before you get out of that bed, sit down, turn around, kneel down, whatever it is, take five minutes. And say, God, I give you this day. At the end of the day, before you turn the light off, when you shut that phone down and you put it on the the table and you turn it off, lift your hands while you're laying there in bed and say, God, thank you for being with me today. Thank you that we've had another day. Thank you for what we accomplished today, even if it was survival. Keep your prayer life full of health and vitality. 
Jacqueline, we're praying for your friend Franco. Yes. Mary Mitri says, I pray for more to feel the presence of Jesus. Yes, absolutely. We feel the vitality of prayer. So right now, will you do that with me? We've got a few minutes. Will you just right there where you are? Lord, this is our prayer time. As we conclude around our table on Thursday Connect, we always allow time for prayer. And Lord, as we look back over these chats in this side column, we are lifting up those prayer requests to you. We are standing in agreement with one another. God, increase the vitality of our prayer life. Let us ask for your presence, Holy Spirit. Jesus, 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 we love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord God, for you're worthy. You're worthy. Number 11. I've got a couple more before we finish. We pray for those suffering with the contagion of disease, despair, discouragement, and darkness. May they experience the healer, deliverer, developer of dreams and hopes and futures full of bright visions for tomorrow. If you're suffering with the contagion of disease, of despair, and disillusionment, listen, putting on a mask might keep COVID-19 away from you drinking water and lots of vitamin C, but spending time in prayer and having the love of God like it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, that's what will keep you immune to the contagion of despair and discouragement. Don't let that disease of discouragement and despair get on you. Put it off and say, God, I give you praise for today. I trust you for today. No matter what symptoms I may see, in my family, in my circumstance, God, I will not get infected with that contagion of despair and discouragement. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'll take five scriptures and say, I am healed in the name of Jesus. That's how God does it for me and keeps my prayer life healthy and vibrant. Hallelujah. Number 12, we pray for those who have been interrupted with the sickness of financial lack, that they would experience the abundance of provision from Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh. He is the redeemer of praise and purpose. So if you've experienced financial lack in these last three months, I'm praying for you right now that you would be find Jehovah Jireh to have provided for you, to have done all that you need him to do. Amen. He will redeem your praise. As I said on Sunday, go back and listen to the sermon from this past Sunday, week one of faith moves our health. It's a great, great message from the Lord that builds on the foundation. Pastor Rick has a powerful word for us this coming Sunday. We pray for those in need of healing in relationships, that the love of God would supersede, cover up all hurt, all wound, all pain, and his healing balm will cover mind and soul with restoration oil. We pray for those in need of healing in relationships. We've covered that a little bit already. Verse 15, we pray for ourselves that we would be instruments of healing and not weapons of pain. Those are the first 15 days of 30 days of prayers for healing. We pray for ourselves that we would be instruments of healing and not weapons of pain. We pray for ourselves, Lord God, right now, that we would be instruments of healing 
and not weapons of pain. God, if someone wants to open their heart to us and share with us, we will not compare ourselves. We will not envy. We will not boast. We will recognize that we're incomplete until you complete us. But God, help us to be instruments of healing. Help us to give healing words. Help us to give a healing countenance on our face. You know, as we've done a lot of Zoom meetings, everybody feels different. And yes, Pastor Rick and I have been in front of camera for many years, and I still, you know, wish I had the makeup artist and all that kind of thing. But you know what? Our countenance in those Zoom meetings when someone's like, versus someone who's leaning in and smiling or nodding, acknowledging that they're a part of the meeting. Listen, that's how we become healing instruments, instruments of healing to someone else. So today, I hope that I am an instrument of healing for you to remind you that God is for you, that you are amazing, that God created you just exactly the way you are. You're not less than, you're not greater than, that you, we are all equal in God's eyes. Even though the world and societies may establish these, you know, who's better or more powerful, we all have the ability to access the power of Jesus Christ. Imagine that. We all have the ability to access the power of Jesus Christ at the mention of his name. So, Father, right now, as we conclude this Thursday Connect time, and I am going to go back and read your prayers and stand with you on these prayers, God, that we would be instruments of healing that we would not ever let our words be weapons of pain, that we would not ever let our countenance or our facial expressions be weapons of pain, that we would not ever let our feet walk where it brings pain and, and discouragement or despair, but God, that we would walk with joy that for the journey, that we would walk with health and vitality, and that we would walk in the humility that faith, hope, and love is what we need. And so, Lord, as we finish right now, as I look again at 1 Corinthians 13, the message version, for right now, at verse 13, for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do, three things to do for you this week, for the rest of this week. Trust steadily in God. I'm speaking to myself. Don't give up. Don't give up. When I say I can't do it, I hear God say, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Yes, I have said I can't do it several times in the past three months over many things. Hope unswervingly. Don't let society, don't let COVID-19, don't let quarantine, don't let closed things, don't let financial lack, don't let physical lack, don't let relationship lack, don't let anything steal your hope. Hope unswervingly. And most of all, Love extravagantly. And the best of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It's the love of God. It's a love that is not like man's love. It doesn't understand. It doesn't process things the same way. Study 1 Corinthians 13. Get a study Bible. Look in different versions and ask the Lord to bring one verse to you. Just like he did for me this morning when it said, If I speak with the tongues of men or of angels... I stopped right there and I said, Lord, you're saying that even in my man speak, my woman speak, my human speak, that's not enough. And even if I speak in my heavenly speak, in my Christian talk, that's not enough if I don't have the love of God. 
So today, I pray that you will go with faith that moves a mountain, with hope that is unswerving in the face of every circumstance, and that you will keep loving extravagantly, extravagantly, love extravagantly someone. I love you, and I'm thankful for our times together. God bless you and have a wonderful week. And if you're part of our ICF Rome family and you have not received the Zoom invitation for the memorial for our brother Victor and sister Brave, his, his wife, uh, who, who will be joining us in that Zoom memorial and her sons from afar and colleagues, if you have not received that, the Zoom memorial will be on Saturday at 5 p.m. Rome time. Please send me a note, send us a note, and we'll send you the information so that you can join in that Zoom memorial. Join us online at 11 a.m. for worship, and then click back on to 11.30 live preaching from Pastor Rick. It's going to be a great day, June 21. We're going to see a bunch of you in the church at Via Guido Castle Nova 28. Can't wait. I love you so much. God bless you. Have a great day.